Attend the world's best business workshop led by America's number one business coach for free by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us an objective review. Claim your tickets by emailing us proof that you did it and your contact information to info at thrivetimeshow.com. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio and podcast download. Quick shout out to our good friends at the $100 MBA. I really appreciate you guys allowing us to be on your podcast. Um, it's exciting to be on your podcast. Uh, Entrepreneurs on Fire, I appreciate you guys for allowing us to be on your podcast. Really, I mean, you guys allowing me to decrease the quality of your uh, top uh, produced show is really incredible. It's, 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 it's akin to allowing someone to pee in your pool. Thank you for allowing me to contaminate your podcast. I really do appreciate you guys and allowing me to pee in your proverbial pool. Now, we're talking today about budgeting and church budgeting. And one of the things about church budgeting or budgeting for a business is a budget. I want to make sure you get the, the budget. This is, this is huge. The budget according to Dave Ramsey, who is a Christian uh, financial planning expert, he says a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Oh, that's good. Someone should write that down. A budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Now, in, in the world of churches, I've seen this because I've worked very closely with churches. And I've seen this, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say mean, horrible things that that probably a little offensive. But I've seen I've seen pastors, probably nine out of ten of them, not paying themselves at all, and they just say, "I'll I'll skip a check this month," and then I'll skip a check. And I love the heart. I love that you're all in. The problem is. Your, your kids are now going to like, a, like, instead of going to school, you know, your kids are, you know, they're, they're under the bridge getting uh, educated by uh, a person <laughs> pushing a shopping cart. I get it. And so now your kids aren't going to uh, a nice school or any school because you live in a, a really terrible school district because you live below your means. And typically school districts, the value of the, uh, the, the, the health of the school district is determined by the average value of the home. And so now you're in a bad school district. Now you start having family problems at home. Another example, pastor doesn't pay himself enough. Pastor would love to fly out to to speak at that wedding. He'd love to fly out there to officiate the wedding, but he can't because he doesn't tell you, hey, I'd like for you to pay for my ticket. You assume you're a pastor of a church of 2,000 people. Obviously, you have the funds and means to buy a ticket. So you say, Pastor, can you fly on out? But no one, so the pastors who have a minister's heart, they have a heart for ministry, they won't say, hey, buddy, good, good, good graduate of our youth program, fellow uh, a church member who went to our church, we remember you when you were five. Six, seven, eight, now. Now you're now you're married. Yes, we would like for you. We'd like to speak at your church. We'd like to be or we'd like to speak at your wedding. We'd like to officiate the wedding. But I need you to pay for the ticket. And a lot of pastors are like the kind of people who won't ask. And in nine out of tens of the times, nine out of ten of the times, the pastor doesn't ask. And so what happens is he sort of dies a quiet death. And then what happens is you say, Why'd that pastor get out of the ministry? They were so good. And what happens is they get burned out, which anybody would do if you didn't get paid. So I want to just tee it up for nine out of 10 of the pastors listening who are not making a livable wage. I want to start with you, Pastor Brian. Talk to me about this. What I mean, how much should a pastor pay themselves? No, it, it's massive that a pastor is compensated properly for the work he does. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about it. The Bible says not to muzzle the ox that treads out the grain. So years ago, you know, you would have this grind wheel, an ox would be tied to it, and you have to, you have to feed the ox that's grinding the grain to make meal for bread. 
And so some people who were cruel to their animals would muzzle that ox, not let him eat the grain he's treading out and not giving him the power to keep pushing. And what finances are for a minister or for anybody, it's power to keep pushing in your personal life. So don't muzzle the ox that treads out the grain. Then the Bible goes on and says that a minister is worthy of double honor. He who breaks the bread of life, he who teaches the word of God, is worthy not of single honor, but of double honor. Now, some people, scholars say that 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 can also be interpreted double pay. Honor and pay are connected throughout the scripture. And so if you have a guy that's underpaid, it doesn't matter what world it is. If you take an employee that's producing in the business realm and you never compensate him properly, uh, you know, money in the natural doesn't answer, answer spiritual things, but it can fix a lot of earthly problems. And so you have these guys that are in a war, a spiritual war. Uh, pastors are, are always taking hits for the sheep, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And now we're impoverishing the guy that's leading us spiritually. It, it's, it's a terrible setup. To uh, quote Whitney Houston, I get so emotional, baby, every time I think of, uh, I know as a business coach, I get into the weeds with a lot of clients about a lot of emotional things. And I, I try to limit my amount of clients to 15. You know why? Because I don't want to be crazy. I mean, I, I love teaching people how to be successful, but I want to run my own successful companies, right? And as a pastor, you got like a thousand people. So again, pastor just quoted a lot of scripture. First uh, Timothy 5.18, if you look it up, it talks about the muzzle and the ox. First Timothy 5.17, it says here, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work uh, in, in preaching and Teaching now, I know as a as a speaker guy, sometimes people give you these elaborate trophies to compensate for not paying anything, <laughs> and and so I don't really do those anymore. But it's like, hey, we we are honored to invite you to speak at Oklahoma State University to the Spears Business College because you, my friend, represent the future. You got Boone Pickens will be speaking, and you'll be speaking, Mister Clark, and you have the guy who invented the red gas can. I remember the the red gas can guy made a copious amount of cash. Wow. Went to school the red the inventor of the red gas can. I remember this guy. He spoke before me, yeah. and then like, here's your trophy. You're like, well, can I melt this down and uh, sell it to uh, make some copious cash here? Are they, no, but it's more of a, it's a, a laminate kind of a thing. <laughs> it's kind of a, uh, kind That's of a veneer, awesome. you know. So again, in the world of ministry, there's somebody out there, Jesse, says, just give me a number, Pastor Jesse. Just tell me, tell me as a percentage of the money coming in, should I pay myself 1%? Should I pay myself Two percent? I'm just trying to pay the rent. I mean, what's a number that's that's healthy, that's ethical? That, that I mean, is there any number at all? I want to start out by saying that I believe in preachers getting paid, and we pay preachers uh, because we want them to stay in the ministry, and we think you should take care of your equipment, and they are the equipment. <laughs> so right. I love that, but I, I unfortunately there's not a set percentage number because it really depends on where you are, how many people are going to your church and what your budget is. But I do think that you can't let it slide. Like I, even with Brian planning a church, I, my dad was a pastor, so I grew up in ministry. And then I, and then Brian, he's like all in, he's a church planner. They're even worse than pastors about their heart. And I would say to him, you can't skip a paycheck because you're never like, you have to take care of what we have to take care of. And if you're not eating, then you're not going to be able to preach. I'm going to give the listeners two very specific action items. One, work with your business coach. They're going to help you determine your budget. Okay. Two, reach out to Winters King. That's Winters and King. They represent Joel Osteen, T.D. Jakes, uh, Joyce Myers, very above-the-board ministers. But I'm going to tell you this. You on the stage have to dress sharp, look sharp, 
your kids cannot be going to a hood school. You've got to make sure that you have enough money for emergencies and health insurance. And right. I, Winters and King can help you do that. Pastor Brian, do you have something else you want to add on there? Well, here's here's the thing about just the raw percentage pay deal is like there, there's a uh, pastor, Tommy Barnett, pastor's Phoenix First Assembly. He went there as a kid. There was nothing. And in small churches, they can make a deal where it's like this percentage. When we come back from the break, I want you to, I want you to share the story of Pastor Tommy Barnett, because I think this will be valuable for the listeners out there. So yes. we're going to talk more about pastoral compensation when we return from the break. Whether you're a business owner or a pastor, you've got to make sure that you pay yourself fairly. you you got to pay yourself fairly. Don't, don't skip a check. Pay yourself. Make sure you take care of your own needs. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show. Have a business question? Email us today at info at thrivetimeshow.com. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the conversation. Today we're talking about a great many things as it relates to budgeting, but specifically we're diving deep here into pastoral compensation. So we have Pastor Brian on the show. We have Pastor Jesse on the show. Pastor Brian Gibson. Pastor Jesse Gibson. How long have you two lovebirds uh, been been married there, Pastor Jesse? How long have you two two been together? Eighteen years. Well, okay, so eighteen years. A few. And you've been into ministry. How long have you been in the ministry together? Wow, really, really, Jesse. Eighteen years. Eighteen I guess. years. But she's been in the ministry. She was raised by a preacher. And uh, has been ministering really her whole life in kids ministry, youth ministry, music ministry. You don't know another life. There's no other life, is there, Jess? No. And And then we got married and we started doing small groups in college. We would just invite everybody over. And I would feed them lots and lots of food and they would come. And so it was great. And your first, really, uh, uh, salvation, the first person that you you brought to Jesus was this guy, right? I mean, you basically got this guy off of drugs. I mean, did you just get clean so you could wow her? Is that what you did? You thought, hey. Well. If I'm going to marry this lady, I probably shouldn't be on drugs. Well, the first time she saw me, Clay, she was so smitten. I, I had her from hello. Nice. And uh, wow. she's been following me around wow. like a lost puppy ever since. But <laughs> no, it's not true. If you saw her there knee, are multiple uh, it's laughable. of that book. <laughs> no, actually, I'll tell you the truth. Jesse's dad, I was a messed up lost kid. I was a, a meth smoker, meth addict, had all sorts of addictions. And I was about 21 years old, and he he came, and God used him to rescue me. And uh, Jesse wouldn't have anything to do with me up front except minister to me, which was which was awesome. And not by herself, but with her, I was with her dad all the time. And her dad uh, taught me the Bible, discipled me, man, helped get me off substances. I, I was baptized, met Jesus, and to pay the man back for everything he did for me, I ran off with his daughter two years later. I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> so, so you now have been in ministry uh, the entire time of the, the entirety of your marriage, and you've grown a church from zero people to where your church has you know a thousand people that will attend on on certain Sundays out there at a River City Church. You know, eight hundred and fifty, a thousand people, maybe a big Easter or certain uh, times there might be twelve hundred, thirteen hundred people, whatever. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a large church. And uh, we're talking about church budgeting. And before the break, you were telling me uh, a little bit about a story of someone you know well. And, and we we're to ask the question was, how do you know how much to pay yourself as a, a pastor? So go ahead and, and share that story. Sure. Uh, Clay was asking me earlier, is there a percentage of total money that you would pay a pastor? And sometimes that works in a small church setting, but that's not something that can work forever because when the church grows, it's not going to work. There's there's a man that everybody in ministry loves. Uh, his name is Pastor Tommy Barnett. 
These guys founded the LA Dream Center. You'll see Dream Centers all over America. They help the poor, the down, the needy, and uh, they're helping people. They're feeding kids. That's all downstream from Pastor Tommy Barnett. But Pastor Tommy Barnett, Barnett took a church in Phoenix as a young man. It had like nobody and no money. And they said, here's the deal to get you to come. We'll give you half of our income. And so it still wasn't livable when he went there. He goes by faith. And then God touches that ministry. And that ministry is like, it grew to 20,000 people. So what works up front isn't going to work long term as a percentage. So what you have to do, you have to look at, at where it's at, the demographic, what's there. And, um, and you have to make, the, there, there are averages out there, there are compensation studies. You have, to, you have to look at the situation as it changes. Uh, the board needs to look at that once a year. It needs to be somewhere as a system because what happens is people could forget about a pastor's compensation, right? They, they do it one decade, and most preachers aren't going to be the kind of guys like, hey, by the way, uh, in the board meeting, how about y'all give me a raise? I well, need some money. Here's, you know? where I, here's where I'm struggling, and I hate to uh, pin you down, but I'm going to pin you down on this. Okay, so First uh, Timothy 5.17 says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor. Yes, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. So let's just throw out a hypothetical, okay? This is in Oklahoma, and Oklahoma, the average income of the average Oklahoman right now, uh, depending upon what research you look at, is 44,000. That's the average, okay? So as a family, two people working, average income's around 70. If, If you're both people are working in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma, should a pastor of a healthy church pay themselves double what the average income of an Oklahoman is? Should you pay yourself uh, one and a half times? Should you pay yourself less than the average? Because, I, I mean, if, if, the, if the ability's there, should you pay yourself? I mean, because, again, the average income of an Oklahoma family is about 70000 a year, combined income. What do, you, what, do, what do you think I should do there? No, I think, uh, obviously, when you're very small and the money's not there, you take what can be made. And the most, the most important person you pay as a church starts is the senior leader. That's investing. You got to have a facility and you got to take care of that guy. So do whatever you can do to make that pastor full time. Whenever I started my church, here's what I made. I made, you're talking, we've been going uh, since 2000 and started organizing 2004, launched Sunday morning meetings 2005. I made $40,000 a year. In 2005? Yes. Okay. And again, this is after having gone years without pay. Years without pay. And then going and getting a college education, too, before that. So you think about the investment of time. And it was just, and Jesse made nothing and worked full time, too. So it was almost not livable after a while. Because here's the deal. You got to look good, like your sand clay, when you walk up that pulpit. You can't look like uh, you crawled out from under a dumpster. Uh, You have to have transportation. You start having kids. So here's what. I have that you said you, you your wife didn't get paid, and I have an offensive idea of the week. This is my favorite offensive story, and Pastor Jesse, you should talk to my wife about this because she will tell you it's hot and fresh. Yesterday, a young guy in our office came up to my wife, and she said he said to her, she goes, um, "Your husband's doing so great as an entrepreneur. When are you going to ever like do something?" Oh, wow. God help him! And I wasn't there. He so, needs somebody to help him. He doesn't understand. Well, like, she I, does can, all can of the accounting. Can we I mean, him? you talk about, I mean, I literally could not enjoy what I do today without her. My but, wife is literally my left hand or my right hand. I mean, and, and he, but he didn't stop. He's like, so, I mean, you're, you, you seem smart. I mean, when are you going to do your own thing? And she's how, like, how old is this guy? Uh, 23. Is That's he still problem. employed? 
he's a he's, he's a graduate from <laughs> from a, a, a Christian college, and he just and Vanessa was like, did, was he trying to insult me or because she's very confident in who she is? But a girl who works with us pulled me aside and she goes. I don't know if you heard what Homeboy said to your wife, <laughs> but it was crazy. <laughs> so I just want to ask you, as a pastor's wife, <laughs> only a this hits, this, this hits home though, because you guys are working many times seven days a week for sure. There's Absolutely. a wedding on a Saturday, you're officiating. Sunday, you got a service. Monday, there's a funeral. People typically don't call you and say, can I die on your day off? What day is that? <laughs> they never conveniently schedule their death. What? Death, strokes. They never schedule them right. <laughs> People don't say, hey, I'm, my wife's going to leave me on a Wednesday. No. Is there any way? Is that your day off? Because I want to not have. So talk to me. As a pastor's wife, I mean, have you ever thought to yourself, if I paid myself even $10 every hour I've invested? I mean, $10. Yes. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, I mean, because this is I, I see this a lot of with pastoral compensation that the the wife doesn't get paid, but she's working all the time. Yes. Well, I, I honestly think sometimes whenever because we 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 talk to a lot of pastors. I talk to a lot of pastors' wives. Believe you me. And uh, if you're just a you know some some women are pastors' wives, meaning they do not get involved in the church whatsoever. Period. They have a whole nother work world that they do. I'm going to call that. One out of ten. Because yes. I see a lot of pastors' wives Absolutely. who are doing a lot of work. Yes. Some of them just do not want any part in that. However, I do know that nine out of ten of them are involved. They're given it their all. Their kids are sacrificing. They're sacrificing. They they want to help people. And I can't fathom why they're not probably even paid more than the pastors at times. Because, I mean, these women will literally lay down their life and everything that they have. I, I talked to a pastor the other day, a pastor's wife, and she said, you know, uh, we knew it was time to move out of our house because we, we had uh, churches, a church in our house. And I went over and I visited someone's house and I, I said, can I get a spoon to help you put in the, in the dip? And they said, yeah. And I went over to the drawer. And it was my spoon from my house. Like they had just <laughs> taken it like it belonged right. to them. Right. So uh, I think and just the sacrifice of time and all that. So obviously that didn't last uh, extremely long. And our board is extremely serious now about me being paid for. I mean, I have a degree in theology. I preach and minister in the pulpit. So there's that. But then just also making sure that our family is taken care of and that I'm able to give my time because they believe and Brian believes that I'm a, a an integral part of making it successful. And so they've always been very good to me. So I'm grateful. I want to I want to make sure that, that all the listeners get this. If you if you're running a church or you're running a business, you eventually have to set boundaries, whether it's a pastor's wife always wanting to go that extra mile, whether it's the pastor wanting to go that extra mile, you have to eventually set boundaries or you're never going to have any mental freedom. You're, gonna, you're never going to have any time freedom. So I want to talk to it specifically under the context of a pastor where you really do care about your your flock, all thousands, thousands of people. How do you set the boundaries? When do you turn the phone off? When do you turn the phone on? If you're a pastor, you're the master of disaster. Anytime there's a disaster, they call you. So when do you turn it off? When do you turn it on? When should you be available? When should you not? How do you do that? How do you keep your head from exploding? Stay tuned. We're talking about boundary setting right here on the Thrive Time Show on your radio.